Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's Friday, September 15th, 2023. Episode number 239 is right here. Thanks, Haley, for that awesome introduction. With no AFT last weekend, what am I to do? What are we going to do as flat track fans? Well, there was still a whole lot of racing going on, and there's actually a bunch coming up this weekend, so I'll get into that in just a moment. A couple of things before we uh, completely put the Springfield Mile in the rearview mirror. I saw this stat. It was interesting to me. So in, in 2023, American Flat Track had 18 rounds, 18 AFT races in 13 different states. I think that's pretty cool that we're spreading out, going all over the country. I hope that continues. It seemed like Gene said at the end of the banquet that there would be a few less races, but what they're trying to do is lock up like three-year contracts with certain facilities. So we'll have to wait and see how that all unfolds. Hopefully that schedule comes out sooner than later. Also, I saw some stats from Burt Sumner. I think we've kind of went over some of these, but I just want to point out some of these historic numbers of our sport. Total wins. The most in history, of course, Scotty Parker with 94, Chris Carr has 78, and Jared Meese is up there third with 72. So if he comes back next year, which it sounds like he is, he can go ahead of Chris Carr and be the second winningest rider in American flat track history. Also, picking up the win on Saturday at the Springfield Mile, Jared Meese now has 27 career mile victories. That's a whole lot. Scotty Parker, though, has 55. Chris Carr has 29. So Jared's been winning a lot of the miles lately. I think it's what, nine of the last 11 or now 10 of the last 12 miles have been won by Jared Meese. So I expect him to go ahead of Chris Carr next year. So we'll just see how long that that number one rider, Jared Meese, sticks around and see how many more records he will break. Let's shift gears. Last Saturday, I worked for Craig Delansky and Craig Delansky Racing. So I never have met Craig before. And it was actually Matt George that got me hooked up with Craig and made the deal and I went up to Knoxville, Iowa. So the sprint car capital of the world. But we had flat track motorcycle races there. And if you don't know who Craig Delansky is, you should Google him because he is one heck of a, a wheel man himself. He is known as the crowd pleaser. And that's a nickname that was given to him on the World of Outlaw circuit. And he had 66 World of Outlaw victories. So he knows his way around a racetrack. So he loves flat track motorcycles. He sees a future in flat track motorcycles. And he wants to put on a few more races next year. He does have one more coming up October the 7th at I-70 Speedway. Well, let's talk about his event. It was at the Knoxville Raceway. There were three classes, which was very different for me. I didn't realize that until actually I got there. You know, I'd done some research on Craig. Didn't uh, I knew that he had quite a few classes at Davenport, Iowa, but there were only three classes running at the Knoxville Raceway. And to get right into it, the first class I want to talk about is your Framer Singles class. So basically, your classic singles or your Framer class. We had Rotaxes, Yamahas. And I believe there were a couple of Hondas out there. So usually they're like the 600cc Framer bikes. It was a great race. You know, there was a lot of people that I hadn't seen for quite a while. You know, there was 13 riders. They let all of them start the main event. They were going to start up to 18 riders in each of the main events. If there were 18 riders, if there are more, then they were going to go ahead and have heat races and semis. But in that very first main event, it was your Framer singles or your classic singles, they call it. And Jimmy O'Dell, I've known the name for a long time. I finally got to talk to this young man. He said he's uh, 60 years old, and uh, he was putting on one heck of a show. So he was riding for a, another good friend of mine. 
Rodney Knoll. So Jimmy O'Dell lives in the Kansas City area, but Rodney Knoll actually was also from Kansas, and I've known Rodney since I raced, you know, part of the VDTRA series. I raced the Open Pro class or the Pro-Am class or whatever pro class they had, and then Rodney was there racing, you know, vintage classes. But Jimmy O'Dell, uh, 60 years old, he left Kansas City area, moved out to California, and, w- and actually took up Speedway and was a very fast Speedway motorcycle racer. And then back then, and actually even whenever I had my pro license, if you had a pro card, you could get your pro card in other forms of motorcycle racing. So he went ahead and got his pro card in flat track, did a little bit of it out there in California, and now he is back to it. So he's kind of having like a a celebration of life type uh, years, what he had, he's doing. His dad died when he was 60. I believe that was, you know, a while back. And now Jimmy is 60. And so he's just you know, living life, enjoying life, and racing. Well, right off the start of the main event, he had the pole because he won his heat race. Well, he started on the inside, and when they dropped the green, he lit the rear wheel up, and his front number plate was facing me. I was up on top of the grandstands inside the press booth calling the races, and he was completely pointed right at me. So he was the last one off the front row for sure, and I'm pretty sure a few people got by him from the second row, and and he was deep in the field, but he started making up time in a hurry. And with about two or three laps to go, he found a high line just like one notch higher than everybody else and went through and took the win on the number 12 bike. Second was the 48 of Greg Donnelly, who's a Cameron, Illinois rider. I say his name a lot. He's a very tall rider, and he's got the bright black and green leathers. And so he's always easy to find out there on the racetrack. He was second. Kenton Longcore was third. Uh, the 59Y of Rick Reed was fourth, and fifth was the 33X, which is Rob Goodwin. And so Rob and I became friends a, a few years ago on the Arena Cross circuit. He actually was a, a mechanic and a driver for the Babbitt's Kawasaki team. Now he actually works for uh, Kyle Peters, who's you know one of the one of the stars of the Arena Cross circuit circuit right now. But it was cool to catch up with him and talk to him. And he had some actually had some stories about my uncle. And uh, always asks about my grandparents and uh, wants to know how everybody's doing and stuff like that. So it was good to catch up to him. And he was riding one of Eric Bland's backup motorcycles. So he ended up with the top five in that first main event. In the second main event, the modern open class, there was only 10 bikes. And actually, Reese Podorf was a scratch. He's one of the AFT riders. But he blew up his bike in the very first lap of practice as that track was really fast. Uh, It was a great battle. Three South Dakota riders broke away, and they were out front by at least a half a straightaway, if not the full straightaway. And with just a couple of laps to go, the 81 of Dane Barbie broke while leading it. So that handed the lead over to uh, the 111 of Connor Strand. He would end up taking the win. They call him the big show. Second would be the 18 bike, and that is Justice Lund, another South Dakota rider. Third was the 82, Tommy Colson. I've, I've said Tommy's name a lot lately. He he rides rides a lot of races, and I get to talk about him quite a bit. Uh, fourth was the 23X of Tony Ruley from Des Moines, Iowa. And fifth was the 132. Not familiar with this rider, but his name is uh, Tyson Royer from Colchester, Illinois. So that was the top five in your modern open class. The big class of the night is the big twin class. So twin cylinder motorcycles. We had Harley Davidson's, Yamaha's, Triumph, one Norton, and one Honda. Well, that Honda is actually a 450, a CB450 in a race frame. And that was Reese Podorf. So in the main event, this was a long main event. It seemed like it was, it was lasting a really long time. 
with just a couple of laps to go, the 7X of Tim Linfers from Salina, Kansas, went down in turn number four. Well, he was way out there in the middle of the racetrack, but his bike was right there in the middle of the groove. I talked to Tim after the race, and he said he just got on the gas a little bit too hard, and the back end kind of stepped around on him. I did not see him go down, but they threw the red flag because Tim was sitting right there pretty much I'm sorry, his bike was sitting right there on the groove, and he was sitting up there in the in the loose stuff. So the red flag came out with about three or four laps to go. It bunched the field back up. So I talked about that CB450 just a moment ago. Well, that was Reese Podorf, and that was actually his dad's bike, and it was in a race frame. But he had so much corner speed. And then you had uh, Skinny Lenny, Aaron Lynn first from Salina, Kansas, on the 46 bike, Eastby National 46 bike, Harley. He was fast. You had the 66, which was Dane Barbie. Dane Barbie was on that Norton. I believe that was either, I believe that was Kelly George's bike, Matt George's brother. I believe that was Kelly's bike. And he was fast all day. And then you had the 59K up there uh, battling for that top spot, T- Steve Caston. And then the 21 was up there as well, Kenton Longcorn. Uh, again, he's normally number 86, so he must have been on a borrowed motorcycle. Anyway, back to the battle for the lead. That 450 CB was so fast in the corners, he would pass everybody in the corners, and then Linfers would pull him down the straightaway. And actually, the uh, the Norton of Dane Barbie is pretty fast too, and they had a heck of a battle for the top spot. I think I think Reese Podorf would have won if that red flag wouldn't have come out. It seemed like he had the advantage. Again, a long race. Reese has been running the American flat track races a little bit younger than some of the uh, the other guys. And he had a lead. The red flag came out, and it bunched everybody right back up. And it was Aaron Linfers from Salina getting the win. Reese Podorf on that 450 Honda Twin was second. Then the 66 would finish up there in the third spot, Dane Barbie on that Norton. Fourth was the 59K, Steve Caston. And fifth was the 21 of Kenton Longcore. So it was great racing out there. Also, Chris Patterson. I hadn't seen Chris in a long time. He told me he was celebrating 50 years of racing flat track motorcycles. Good to see him. Rod Goodwin, again, I talked about his story just a moment ago. He's from Lincoln, Nebraska. The 65 got up there and got eighth. That's uh, who actually brought me into this series, Matt George. And then we had uh, Eric Bland was ninth, and the 12 bike would finish up in the uh, 10th spot. Jimmy O'Dell was running a uh, kind of looked like a sportster that uh, that he was riding. It just couldn't get that thing hooked up and couldn't get it dialed in. But uh, it was a whole lot of fun. There was also a dash of cash earlier in the evening that I didn't talk about just yet. But what they did is they took, I believe there were eight riders from the big twins class and they had to be wearing the max leathers. So the George family has max leathers and hot shoes by George. So uh, they just made this a special, you know, uh, Milwaukee tools dash for cash. And we had a heck of a battle going on for the lead. Actually, one of my friends, Jordan Baber, was up there on a Harley-Davidson. Hunter Even was up there on uh, one of Matt George's uh, borrowed motorcycles from Matt George. Ken Even was there, which is Hunter Even's dad. Tim Linfers, Rick Reed, Matt George, Chris Patterson, and Eric Bland were all the bikes that were in that one. Well, the 92 of Hunter Even and the 27 Jordan Baber. uh, I've had Jordan on the podcast a long time ago. They called him the Corn Star and... Carter thought that was pretty funny, so actually we ended up getting some of his t-shirts to help him out, but they had a great battle going, and Hunter even got into the lead, and they buried it off into turn number three, and it looked like Hunter just kind of lost the front end and went down. Everything's fine except for Jordan had nowhere to go, hits Hunter and goes up and over the handlebars. Jordan's got a dislocated shoulder, a broken finger on on the hand, and then a broken, a broken bone in his hand, and then I think something's broken like a big toe or something like that. 
And Hunter, even I heard he had a little bit of a cut on one of his legs, but they were both hauled into the uh, hospital. So hopefully a speedy recovery for both those riders that went down. And that was, again, at the Craig Delansky half mile there at Knoxville, Iowa. Again, three classes. We started at 645 practice. We did opening ceremonies, heats, dash for cash, and main events. We were done by 930. It was a great show. Uh, there was a threat of rain in the area, so we are kind of like in hurry-up mode you know, most of the time. So that was my weekend. Again, Knoxville, Iowa. I love going to that racetrack. It's so fast. And the last time I was there as an American flat track announcer, I actually was down on the on the podiums or down on the front stretch doing opening ceremonies and then on the podiums for the winners and Barry Boone was up in the booth. That's how long ago it was since we raced there. I believe it was 2012. It's just a special place to me. I love you know going there to watch the sprint cars and the Knoxville Nationals are always there but they were usually right around the same time as we were going up to Sturgis. So uh, after I started racing flat track we kind of stopped going to the Knoxville Nationals and now with my job it's still hard to get to the Knoxville Nationals, but I am going to make it back up there someday. I'll shift gears. We got a couple more results I want to talk about, and then we got some upcoming races. But Donnie Bargeman Memorial Race was 9 9, and it was the ninth memorial race for Donnie Bargeman. That was at the Pekin Motorcycle Club. And the main event, it was Roos Evans taking the win over Cody Kopp was second, Max Whale third, Bronson Bauman fourth, Dallas Daniels was fifth. Declan Bender, 6th, Robbie Pearson, 7th, Tristan Grove, 8th, Chase Anderson, and Tyler Tidwell, your top 10. And also, the Dash for Cash was won by Aiden Rusevin, so he must have been on the gas at that motorcycle race. And I don't normally talk about quad riders, but Tyler Allen is probably one of the most impressive quad riders I've seen in quite some time. He had a clean sweep up there in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at the Sioux Valley Cycle Club, and that was the Gary Meyer Memorial. He, he swept both pro classes, so congratulations to Tyler Allen. Got some more details coming from uh, Midland, Michigan. That was an RPM race, and that was Jeff Hires and the Power Elite Open Twin slash Singles class. Chase Sadoff was on fire, took in the taking the win. Aiden Savage was second. Skylar Sintel, another third generation flat tracker, was third. Jordan Jean was fourth, and Kevin Stallings on a borrowed XR750 was fifth. Lightweight vintage class. Trevor Gatlin took the win. Daniel Woolnier and Katie Knapp. Were your top three? 85cc class, Caleb Curtis, Ryan Green, Hayden Eddy. The 30 plus class riders, 30 years old and older, CJ Winnegar was the winner, Jason Eddy was second, and Joey Bolas was third. Open amateur class, Levi Montgomery, Addison Klink, Luke Wilhelm were your top three. Heavyweight vintage class, so the big, big twins, you know, the big iron. Aiden Savage was your winner. Ron Forstner was second, CJ Winnegar was third. The 50cc class, these little guys and girls are getting faster and faster. Odin Music was the winner. Oakley Inches, I believe, was second. Ricky Cross was third. 65cc class, Champ Curtis, Owen Smith, and Odin Music were your top three. 450 amateur class, Carson Green was the winner. Levi Montgomery second. Luke Wilhelm was third. 250 amateur class, Addison Clark, Evan Myers, and Caleb Curtis. And then that hooligan class, Kevin Stallings taking the win. Robbie Knapp was second. Ron Forstner was third. In the Power Elite Singles class, the Pro Bikes, Chase sat off again with another victory. He had a clean sweep up there. Skylar Sintel was second. Carson Green was third. Aiden Savage was fourth. And Jason Bloss, good to see his name back on some results, was fifth. I'll shift gears and we'll go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, the extreme flat track race down there. Uh, didn't get to go to this one. It was actually originally scheduled earlier in the summer, and that's when I was at Sequoia. 
No, I was in Sycamore, Illinois. I didn't get to go to this one originally, and I also didn't get to go to it on the makeup race, but I heard that Taryn Santero wins three out of the four pro main events, and he also won the Victor McNally Dash for Cash and took over $6,000 home. The other pro singles main event went to Michael Mowry, and he comes from Colorado. I'll shift gears one more time. There is a lot of upcoming races, especially this weekend. So I'll just talk about the ones this weekend. I'm headed to Billings, Montana for the season finale up there. That's going on Sunday. It's also featuring the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series. Also this weekend, Saturday and Sunday at New Ulm, Minnesota, is an AMA District District 23 race featuring the Grand National Hooligan Championship Series. And the Hooligans have a $2,500 purse. So the Hooligans are getting more and more popular, and they put on a great show everywhere they go. Also running this weekend is the Lodi Cycle Bowl. Also in California is the Kern County Raceway Park in Bakersfield. They're having Speedway Team Racing and Flat Track Racing Series for round number three. Another California race, Southern California Flat Track Racing Association. I guess it's just the Southern California Flat Track Association is run at the Paris, California. That's round number seven for them. RPM is in Lebanon, Ohio. That's a half mile. That's the same width all the way around the racetrack, a pea gravel track, and that's going on the 15th and 16th. Also this weekend up in Wisconsin, the Charlotte Canes Memorial Race at Astalan Cycle Club. So if you're anywhere near there, check that out. That's a, a female-only race. Also is a regular race for the uh, Wisconsin riders up there. They just feature the Charlotte Canes Memorial Race. And they have a Dash for Cash in, in her honor. And it's, it's a great event. We've talked to uh, a few different people about that in past episodes. And then also going on this weekend, I just saw Corey Texter posted that he's racing up at Three Rivers in Quebec, Canada. So uh, a big race up there. And I've heard that that Three Rivers racetrack is incredible. So I'm going to have to put that one on the bucket list and get up there and check that one out. And one more bit of news before I let you guys go. I just heard also earlier in this week that the Devil's Bowl was racing this weekend, and that race has unfortunately been canceled. So if you're going to Devil's Bowl, you might turn around and go somewhere else because they are not racing this weekend. I heard it was uh, due to the weather, so they pulled the plug early on this one to save everybody a trip to mesquite texas well that is all i got it's kind of short and sweet i just wanted to let you guys know what happened at knoxville iowa and some of the other races that i uh, was keeping in touch with over the over the weekend and man there's a lot of racing going on this weekend so hopefully i'll have some more good stuff to talk about next week right here on off the groove <laughs>